Welcome to the Money Talks for Beginners podcast. My name is Frankie Hill, a money nerd. Each week, you'll hear me talk about different ways to use money more effectively in your daily life to become a smarter finance person. Thanks for spending your time with me today. Now, let's talk about money. Hello, uh, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Frankie Ho, and I am uh, from a podcast called Money Talks for Beginners. Welcome to uh, season two, episode one. Today, we are here with Alex Fung uh, from the Remax Hallmark. Alex is an experienced realtor uh, with obviously Remax Hallmark, which is one of the biggest Remax uh, brokerage in the entire world. And welcome, uh, Alex. Uh, Thank you for joining my uh, podcast today, and I just want to thank you for your time. And um, let's just get started. Hey, thanks, Frankie. I really appreciate you know being on your podcast. Um, I also want to you know share as much information as I can to your listeners. And I'm also actually part of the Daryl King team. Um, you can see here and over there <laughs> uh, if you're watching video. Um, essentially, the Daryl King team we're the number one team in Work Region for the past uh, 20 years. And I think number t- top ten in Canada, pretty consecutively. But yeah, um, yeah, excited to be here, and uh, let's get this show started. <laughs> It sounds good. Um, so obviously, uh, Alex, we'll start with the first typical question: What made you want to become a realtor? Yeah. Um, so it was actually interesting. So before I became a real estate agent, I started an e-commerce community group. Called GTA e-commerce, and essentially what that was was that it was a community full of entrepreneurs looking to start a you know a business to sell products online. Okay, it became one of the largest uh, communities in Canada, um, and we had a lot of you know you know well-experienced entrepreneurs come in and share their experiences about selling products online. And so by having these in-person events, you know pre-COVID. I actually had some real estate agents come in to my events, listen to them, listen to the speakers, and you know they actually wanted me to help them with their digital marketing. So from there, I actually helped them, you know, online marketing. I also helped them with the back end, you know, research, help with the paperwork, and that's how I kind of got my foot in the door and got a little taste of you know real estate. Because before I started, I had no idea. I wanted to actually become a real estate agent.、Um, I, didn't, I didn't have that exposure, and so when I finally made that leap to become a realtor, it wasn't that much of a leap already because I already did a lot of the、uh, work, and so I got really into it. I did, you know, the online marketing, the lead acquisition, communicated with prospects, trying to convert them, and then yeah, like the rest is pretty much history. <laughs> so, Alex, what I get from it, obviously, you like the fact that you. You have to chase to you know find get clients, build pipelines, and all that stuff. But beside that, what what is this? Um, you I guess you really like to help clients, or is there、uh, anything else beside obviously、um, being a realtor at the current moment is very、uh, can be really lucrative. Beside that, is there anything else that、um, inspire you to become a realtor? Yeah. So actually, there's two things to that. So first thing is you know I get that facade out there, and like you know like it's not like real estate agents don't always make a lot of money. I'll be honest.、Um, you know, yes, there's commission. There's a you know commission two and a half percent or you know five percent if you double end the transaction. But there are a lot of fees. Okay, I don't want to get into it, but at first, but there's essentially like you know six or seven different like fees you gotta pay when you do a deal, right? The commission splits, the taxes, you know, the gas, the marketing, you know, your time, you know, 
And so just just wanted to bring that out there. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, we do a lot of deals and, you know, it adds up, right? So it's actually pretty good. You can make a good career out of it. Um, but yeah, going to your question, um, I actually really, what I really liked about real estate was the fact that, you know, you're helping a family or some people, you know, guide them through, you know, one of the largest transactions probably in their entire life. You know, it's actually, it's high, pretty high stakes if you think like that, right? It's not like, you know, buying a piece of gum at a gas station. You know, people don't really research that. They research on buying homes and, you know, what's the process and trying to eliminate as much fear as possible and educate them on what to expect. You know what I mean? And that's what I really, really like about it. Um, even with experienced, you know, real estate investors, um, they the industry changes and being able to educate them is something that I really like doing and I'm very pretty passionate about. All right, sounds good. Um, so what is the what is your when you help clients like obviously look for their dream home like as a, for the first time home buyers or for invest reach uh, investors more or like I guess real estate investors, what are they do are they typically looking for? Um, obviously let's talk about I guess for the clients for the typical first time home buyers first and then we'll go to the real estate investors. Yeah, so the first time home buyer, there's actually a couple of programs that actually help them when they purchase a home, right? There's government, you know, um, incentives, right? When they first purchase their home. Um, I don't want to go into too de detail because it does change. It can change. And um, I don't want to confuse your, you know, your listeners. But yeah, there's incentives for them. But what they should really look for is, you know, whether they can afford the property. Right, because real estate has been going bonkers <laughs> and especially there's a yeah. whole pandemic that's going on like it's it's just been going up and up and it's a lot harder for people to you know purchase property like that's what it is right um a general rule of thumb depending on where you're trying to buy right and it's not just for first-time home buyers but buyers in general is that you know if you buy a place in toronto right for you know let's just say seven hundred thousand that seven hundred thousand can get you more in other places right outside of you know toronto like whether it's gta or you know peel area or even guelph london niagara like it depends on where you're trying to go and first-time homebuyers have to really understand what they're what they care about the most do they care about convenience do they care about the lifestyle um you know versus the first versus the investors where they're where what they care about is what's the best ROI or return on investment that they can have when they purchase a property, right? So if they buy a property, like, are they going to rent it out right away? Are they going to fix it up? Um, are they going to get into pre-construction, right? So right, there's right. a lot of different ways that investors um, can think about it, but at the end of the day, they want to make as much money as possible. That makes sense. So essentially, obviously, a lot of uh, clients, I, I obviously they come up to you and say, hey, look, I want, uh, this is my down payment. This is what I want to buy and stuff like that. How do you keep them uh, kind of grounded and be more realistic? Because as a potential you know, client or as someone who's the first time buying home or even bought a home before, but mostly the first time home buyers, they might have uh, some unrealistic, I guess, um, ideas of what they can afford or what they can get because everyone wants everything, but also wants to pay <laughs> the minimum as possible, obviously, right? So I'm assuming of most of those clients, obviously when they come to you, they'll be like, this is what I'm looking for but you probably have to bring them back to reality a bit um, sooner and then, or after a couple of houses, they might have noticed that uh, hopefully that their idea of what is what they can get might be out of reach. And of course, for uh, real estate investors, uh, hopefully it's, it'd be, it'd, 
bit easier for you because they might be more experienced in terms of buying houses and also um, I guess you have to help them do the math to make sure the return on investments does make sense, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So for first time home buyers, like how I ground them and, and you know, manage expectations is I show them the data, right? And I tell them right away. Um, I, that's the thing, right? Like for me, I, I tell my clients the truth and it's different than telling them something that they, you know, want to hear all the time. Right. My job is to educate them, tell them what they can actually afford or comfortably afford and what they can't, right? Because, you know, the government may increase interest rates. And the last thing I want um, for them is that they can't afford mortgage payments. And then, you know, the bank takes over the property and forecloses it. You know what I mean? And so for me, being, being able to be honest, show them the data, and that it's not just me telling them something, it's actually, you know, what the market is telling us, right? Um, and that's how I, that's how I um, tell my clients, whether it's first time home buyers or not, um, this is the data, this is what's available, this is your price range, obviously there's a disconnect. Of course, of course. So obviously, honesty and integrity is, is uh, it's one of your key dif- uh, differentiating compared to other realtors. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying all realtors are dishonest. It's just that it's something that you hold a very high top top priority in. So is beside those two things I just mentioned, uh, obviously, there are a lot of realtors out there at the moment. How do you yeah. differentiate yourself compared with other realtors beside the two uh, very important priorities I just mentioned. Um, yeah. How do you, um, I guess, show your value? I guess you could say to uh, to potential clients and to existing clients that you're dealing with right now. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, like, like in the very beginning, where you introduced me, right? So I'm part of Remax Hallmark, um, and essentially, that's a brokerage from underneath Remax, right? So in terms of you know the brand Remax, they account for about thirty percent of all like transactions in. The Toronto Real Estate Board, um, you know, it's quite a sizable amount. But in terms of a brokerage level, Remax Hallmark accounts for about ten to twelve percent, I believe, of all real estate real estate transactions in the in you know the Toronto Real Estate Board. And what that means, though, specifically, is that we have a lot of access to buyers and sellers. Okay, and essentially every fifteen minutes, Remax Hallmark does a deal. Okay. And so there's a lot of negotiations that happen at the office. And so what differentiates, you know, me specifically is I get a lot of exposure to the negotiations that's going on and I get a lot of off market properties. So one of the best way to compete is to not compete. And what that means is having access to properties that aren't available to the public. Right, so there's all these free tools that you can find online where you can find all this real estate properties, but that's public, right? That's that's like the Red Sea, where you're competing with you know 10, 20 different you know offers, right? For off-market properties, there's a lot less, okay? And I'm not going to get into detail of why sellers want to go off markets, but there's a couple of reasons, and that's you know you essentially want to know the properties that are about to go live. Okay, um, that's the first thing. The second thing is, again, I'm part of the Daryl King team. And 
Um, in terms of our team, collectively, we have over well over 200 years of experience, right? Lots of negotiations uh, going on in the office. Um, you know, Daryl's pretty much a veteran, right? He's been in the industry for about 33, 35 years, done a lot of deals. I think, I think it was like over five and a half billion dollars worth of transactions, right? And so it's a lot of different transactions, a lot of different scenarios that can happen where I have access to him, ask him for any advice if I have any questions and being able to have not just him, but have leverage on the team. So the team itself, the Daryl King team, we ha I have access to a marketing manager. I have deals person, a deals team actually. I have a pre-construction team, right? So a typical real estate agent doesn't have access to that. So what that means is A, I have more selection for pre-construction projects because we have a pre-construction development. So right now we have over a hundred different projects all over Ontario. Okay, so for real estate investors or home buyers that want to buy a new home, uh, we have access to those for VIP, right? So we save clients, you know, 10, 15, 20, even $50,000. Okay, as opposed to if they went directly to the builder. Um, the second thing is, you know, I have more leverage when it comes to time. So I have more time to sell or sell homes or help clients buy homes because I have a marketing person, I have a deals person that helps with the back end paperwork. Okay. So typically as a real estate agent, you know, if I'm a solo agent, I would have to do all that stuff myself, which means I have less time to dedicate on the deals. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Um, so the third thing is, you know, it's just being able to have the negotiation and the experience to help leverage and get the best deal for the clients. Right. So there's, so not every agent's the same. And I'm glad you actually asked that because, you know, it's public numbers, you know, you can search it online, you know, about, you know, 35% of agents, you know, do zero deals, right? So right now they're about, you know, 60, 65,000 different agents out there, but 35%, about 35% do zero deals. You know what I mean? And 44% do one to five deals a year. So if you think about it, so about, that's about like 70 to 80% of all real estate agents do less than five deals a year. Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, where real estate transaction is probably one of the biggest transactions that people do with their, you know, that they're going to come across with their life. You know, would you want someone that's, you know, done less than five deals a year, or would you rather have an experienced individual or team to help you get the best deal out there? You know what I mean? So for our team specifically, we've done over, I think, 500 different deals this last year alone. Right. Some, I think the couple of years before we did 700 deals, we did thousand deals the year before that. Like, you know, it's, we have a lot of experience and we have a lot of property off market properties as well. You know what I mean? And we have a big database of buyers. So whether you're a seller looking to, you know, sell your property at the highest possible price, we can actually help with that with a list of buyers already. But also of course, if they want to, um, you know, sell their property publicly, then we can help that as well. You know what I mean? So it's essentially, um, that's the good thing about the sellers for buyers. You know, you want to have these off market properties. You want to have that access, that inventory, right? Um, that not everybody knows about. Right. Of course. Does that answer your question, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's a uh, very lot, lots and lots of very valid, uh, reasons, uh, to go, go with a experienced realtor. And of course also a full-time realtor. Um, but obviously there, uh, 
based on my experience, obviously I know that if you're the buyer, you're not the one paying for the, I guess the realtor 5% fee. And of course the seller is gonna be like, hey, do I have to pay the full 5% uh, realtor fee and stuff? So, so I'm assuming there's gonna be clients that will be like, hey, can I have a discount or something? Can I have some like cash back or some, something to give back to them because they feel like it's a very expensive you know, fee to pay. Uh, how do you deal with these clients and how do you justify me, uh, saying, hey, look, I know this 5% it might seem a lot, but I'm actually, I'm actually saving you on this and this and then this, which makes up for the 5% fee or even just to give you a cash back. My service might be um, not as good and stuff like that. How do you make sure that, um, or make sure the client feels or thinks that the 5% realtor fee is 100% worth it? Yeah, no, that's a great question, right? So I'm not gonna discredit any agent that decides to you know, lower their you know, commission fee, right? That's up to them. That's a personal decision on their end. Um, you know, for us specifically, it's not that hard to convince sellers to um, pay, you know, whether it's 5% or, you know, 6% sometimes because we actually offer a lot of value. So uh, how I was kind of mentioning earlier, you know, leveraging our experience, right? Our marketing and, you know, our actual big list of buyers, right? Um, it really helps. But the additional thing though, is that what I mentioned earlier where I leverage time. So, you know, I have assistants, I have a deals person, you know, all that stuff, which means I actually have more time to promote the listings. So not only do we leverage, you know, online um, marketing, right? But I actually physically let all your neighbors know that the property is available. And the reason why I do that and I consistently follow up with them is because about one fourth of all transactions account for the neighbors, whether it's their friends they know, their family, you know, coworkers, colleagues, right? Um, and so being able to follow up with neighbors, with, you know, other agents, four, four times, five times, six times, you know, you're calling them four times, five times, six times, emailing them four times, five times, six times, because sellers think that, you know, it's agents would, you know, it'd be very easy for listing agents, but I actually put a lot of pressure on myself to get the most amounts for the sellers because I'm physically doing the work, right? I'm leveraging time. I'm helping, I'm using my time to drive up the price, get the most, you know, the most, the best deal, best offer out there. And it's not necessarily even just the price, right? But it has, it has to actually align with the seller's timelines, their needs, right? Um, sometimes they may want to sell right away. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. So being able to find the buyer that matches their timelines and their contingencies and their price is something that we do quite well, right? Um, you can actually get yeah, Google us and type in Daryl King and you can see how big our team is. Um, and the staff has been, have been really, really good. Um, you know, Pretty much, I message anybody if I have any questions, you know, at 10 o'clock and they'll respond right away. And what that means is once that gets out of address right away, I can focus on other things, right? And it's just less thinking on my end and more doing, more action taking, more knocking on doors, more cold calling, you know, just to get more awareness that the property is available. Because it was pretty interesting. I had a deal where I, I, I was, I was listing a property in Markham Thornhill and you know, it's, it's I, I notified the neighbors pretty much three times each. Okay. So that was about, I think that was probably close to about a thousand and five hundred doors. Okay. And I called them and I emailed them multiple times. 
right? And you know what's funny because I ended up、um, getting a buyer to buy the property at the terms that the seller wanted, right? It wasn't even close. So if I was a typical agent. Um, you know, I would typically、uh, what they would I would probably just stick a sign on the floor、uh, on the ground and that's it, right? Expect you know the MLS to the, to do the magic. But if I did that, I wouldn't have gotten the best deal for myself. You know what I mean? That's good. And so that's how I justify my price because I I sell resell for the high, you know the highest possible price on the terms that they want. Right?、Um, you know, if you do you know a you know a bro you know a brokerage that's you know. Or an agent that discounts their fees, you know, at the end of the day, they're thinking of, all right, I got this listing, great. Now I gotta find another listing, right? And that's it. They're gonna do the minimum amount of work.、Um, whereas, you know, if I'm getting compensated the right amount, I gotta make sure that I do the best job for them. You know what I mean? And so you need to think of it that way too, because if you pay an agent a discounted amount. And they have a client that's willing to pay them more, then you're essentially putting yourself in an awkward position. You know what I mean? You gotta think of it that way too, because when we have a long list of clients, as long as you know our value, they appreciate our value, and they're willing to you know compensate us and believe in us and trust us that we're gonna do the best amount we can for them, then that's what we'll do. We're gonna use you know our time intelligently to get them the best deal possible. That sounds good, Alex. Ah,、uh, so obviously, Alex, um, you have to go to door to door. You have to、uh, hand out flyers, talk to neighbors. Obviously, when you go to、um, either if you're representing a seller or the buyer, you'll take them. Oh, the seller. I'm assuming you, you take potential buyer or let potential buyer in to look at the, the seller's property. And then obviously, if they're if they're buyer, I'm assuming you take them to the properties and you also help them look at、uh, things to be.、Um, To look out for, like maybe some areas,、uh, the the basement, some areas there might be、uh, water or some other damages, or、um, I guess that those are some of the stuff you'll be looking at. But obviously, most of those stuff like inspection and stuff like that, there'll probably be an inspector who goes in to look at it in more detail. But、um, uh, those are obviously some of the stuff that you do also on the side for your clients to make sure that you give the best value to your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And、um, actually, going to your question even deeper, right?、Like、why not sell your home yourself, right? Just to save yourself that、um, commission part. And actually, studies have been done, you know, and、um, you know, these、uh, these sellers are called you know for sale by owners, right? That's what we call them in the real estate industry. And、um, not a problem, you know. Anyone that wants to sell their property, they can. You know, it's their property; they can do what they want. Um, but typically, they do about they sell their home for about twenty percent less than they would have with an agent, right? So the reason why is just mostly because the, the marketing, not enough people know about the property,、um, and then also the negotiations. Okay,、um, what happens actually is when you try to list your property online as yourself as a homeowner, you're gonna get you know hundreds of calls. Right, but they're not from people you want to hear from. They're actually from agents saying that you know we have clients that want to buy the property, but you know you need to compensate us. You know what I mean?、Mm. And so it, this drags on. It actually gets very exhausting for the homeowner that wants to sell it themselves. If you think about it, if you're working at a job, you're getting calls every day saying, "Hey, I have a buyer. I have a buyer. I have a buyer." You know, and in reality, they actually majority of the time they, they don't. 
they're just saying that just to get you to talk to them and try to get them, try to get you to list with them. That's the main objective. Okay, um, not saying all the time they don't have a buyer, right? But majority of them don't. <laughs> and um, you, you need to consider that, right? Your time is valuable. I get that you know you want to save that you know two and a half percent, right? Or maybe even three or four percent. But the agents need to ha- offer liquidity, essentially, right? Liquidity, as in、um, helping the transaction, you know, close. And、um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you understand. It, it sounds nice, right? Yeah. It's theoretically, but in reality, it's not. When you go through that, imagine getting calls at ten and ten and ten p.m. in the evening. I have a buyer, or they someone's agents would say, you know, you can't do this without me. You know, your marketing sucks. You know, they, they get all this negativity, and eventually, you know, for sale by owners, actually just list with agents, and they could have just save themselves a headache <laughs> in the beginning just to do that. I guess、right? that's.、Uh, The problem is this、yeah. though is、uh, obviously、um, a lot of us, especially if we're not in the、uh, real estate or realtor in the industry itself, a lot of us probably thinking, okay, five percent. This is how much my properties work. This is how much I'm saving by myself. But、uh, I'm assuming a lot of us、um, that are not in the industry are pop- didn't really consider the time cons-、uh, that it takes to actually list yourself. How much、uh, marketing is involved, and how much is after? If you notice that your property is sitting there for for months, how depressing it can get.、Um, maybe just listing with the realtor would be a lot easier, even though you have to pay、uh, the realtor fee. But in the end, it, it saves you a lot of time, which is、um, a very big benefit that you, people should consider. And also,、uh, of course, everyone most or most people would have a full time job. So if you also have a full time job, and if they have kids or、uh, Pets and dogs, or something like that, to also take care of. It might be super time-consuming. So,、um, if there's any listeners out there,、um, consider the facts before you think about just the dollar sign. Those dollar signs is one of the factor that you should consider in life. But you also have to consider is is it worth your time to do that too? Of course. Yeah, and also too though, you gotta consider too that if you don't go with an agent, you sell your property about twenty percent less, right? So if you're even though you're saving, you'd say you know two and a half percent or five percent. You try to save five percent. It's not gonna happen, but if you try to, right? But you're selling your property less by twenty percent. So in reality, you're really down. You know what I mean? So you're going、yeah. through all that additional work just for less. You know what、yeah. I mean? If overall is less than twenty percent, that's that's worse than you just going straight to a realtor. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly.、Um, now you know, people, you know, again, they if they do decide to do it themselves, you know, that's their, you know, that's. That's their thing, right? That's what they want to do. Then go ahead.、Um, just understand the drawbacks on it. Maybe you know, if you want to do it, you got to make sure number A, you have your own buyer, that's credible. Okay, that's very important, credible,、um, because you don't want to have you know, close a deal and then it's supposed to close in three months, but you know, they the financing falls through or they back out, and you know, there's all these issues that can happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, think about and three months later, a lot can have can change in the real estate market. Like, what if the properties actually start dropping at that time frame? Then you're, then not only did you lose a deal, now you're getting new offers. You know, a couple months later, at less. You know what I mean? Yeah.、Um, so there's a lot of things to consider. But if you have your own buyer, it's credible. You have a lot of free time. Then you know you can definitely explore trying to sell it yourself. Um, you know, you can you know try to get get a lawyer to draft up the paperwork. You know, do marketing yourself. You know, do the calls yourself. Right, all that physical work you need to get done. So 
if you have the time, then go ahead, try it, right? Yeah, of course. But overall, what is actually the typical like home purchase like process or what does it look like usually? Like you just mentioned a lot of very good stuff. Like, you know, the, you kind of actually mentioned all the steps that they had to do already, especially if the people just try to sell their own house. They notice how, how, how much steps or how many things they actually have to go through in order to sell a place. But just for all the other people that either A, haven't bought a place yet or B, yeah. Um, they have a place, but they want to sell it and buy another place and they haven't done that for a while. So they might not know the process, the new process or the old process or even any process anymore because they have a realtor before to handle that for them or just someone that's just recently came from another country and they might not know uh, how does the buying and selling um, works in, I guess, the Ontario or in Canada. Can you just uh, go through what is a typical home purchase or home selling would look like? Yeah, for sure. So. The first step, if you're trying to buy a property, you need to figure out how much you can afford, right? So speaking with a lender can really help. So some of the things you're gonna look for is, you know, your pay stubs, your statements, your tax returns, you know. Um, and so once you're able to provide some of us, you know, these forms for them, these documents, they're gonna be able to tell you, you know, how much you're probably gonna be able to afford that they're gonna lend you. Um, typically, you know, it's about four to five times your gross. So if you're making, you know, 100,000 in a year, you're probably going to get, you know, max about 400 to 500,000 for a mortgage. Um, that's just a rough estimate. Of course, you know, I'm not, you know, a lender, but um, based on my experiences and based on my conversations with lenders, it's about four to five times. Um, so once they've, number, number one, they got the pre-approval done. Number two is really figure out what they really want. Right? Do they want to live in Toronto? Do they want to live in Markham, Richmond Hill, Vaughan? What kind of lifestyle do they want? Right? Um, you know, where are they working? Are they able to work at home? Right? Something that is more personal to them. Right? If they are, you know, starting a family, you know, school is something of a really important factor for them that you should consider. Um, and once they kind of narrow down, kind of think about what they kind of want, they can definitely reach out to, you know, real estate agents to get more information. Um, and then, you know, once they get, once they connect with the real estate agents, they can find some properties online. Um, hopefully their agents have off market properties as well. Um, that's, you know, that's not available to the public as well. Um, you know, make sure once you go with an agent, they're, they're explaining to you what the contract states. Right. So a lot of my friends and my, you know, that, um, they, that went with agents in the past before I became an agent myself, they would sign some paper documents, but they wouldn't know what they're signing. Like the agent it's themselves should be telling them what they're signing, right? What the contract she says. So there's some agents, you know, you want to like that some agents that don't explain this and it's actually really important that they do. Okay. Um, so for buyers specifically, you know, what's the difference between a client relationship and a customer relationship? And this is very, very important, right? So a customer relationship is where you can think about like an a la carte, right? You pay for what you order essentially, right? So you can get an agent to say, Hey, you know, I want you to show me properties, but that's it. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars. Now, not every brokerage is going to accept that. They might just say, Hey, you know, we don't do customer relationships. We only do client relationships and client relationship is more where it's, we have a legal obligation to ensure our clients are taken care of. We're putting their interests ahead of ours, right? So for Remax Hallmark, where I mentioned earlier, we account for 12% of, you know, Toronto real estate 
transactions, we deal with a lot of sellers. So hypothetically, Frankie, if you came to me and say, hey, Alex, I want you to be my agents. Um, I only want a customer relationship. I'm like, okay, sure. And you tell me this information, okay? You tell me, you know, how much you're willing to pay, the max, why you're looking to buy, when do you want to buy, okay? And we find a property that my brokerage sells as a current listed, okay? I have an actual legal obligation to the seller, not you because you're the customer, right? So that's a very, very important form. And you need to explain that to people, right? So when I explain that to them, I make sure, hey, Here's the differences, right? The legal obligation, the legal implications, right? This, right? That's the first form. The second form is the buyer representation agreement form, where assuming you become an actual client and you need to fill that out, well, what does that entail, right? So you gotta make sure your 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 agent explains that to you. Um, and same with the listing side, right? So the agent should always disclose, you know, what the difference is between the buyer and uh, the client and the customer relationship, but also the listing agreement. Like what does the, what's required by the seller and what will the agent, listing agent do for you, right? So explaining these legal terminologies and what they're signing is very, very important, especially if you're a first time home buyer, right? You need to, and a first time home seller. Right, so you need to make sure you pick the right agent, right? So after you get a pre-approval, you get an agent, you know, do your research, figure out what you want, and then you start looking for homes. And let's just say, going back to your other question, going to buyer uh, perspective, once you find a home, you know, you make an offer, you know, you get rejected a couple times, you make another offer, you get accepted, you win the home, but the, the actual real job starts now. Okay, what I mean by that is just because you want you know, your deal got selected and you beat out, you know, 10, 15, 20 other offers, you actually have to fulfill all the um, contingencies, all the requirements for the deal to close by certain deadlines. And so you want to make sure when you choose the agent, he's going to help you, he or she's going to help guide you to fulfilling all these obligations within the contract. Because if you, if you pick the wrong agent, for example, or you try doing it yourself, you might actually lose 10, 15, $20,000 for situations where you could have prevented yourself, not including the delays in timeline. You know what I mean? Um, and so you, that's pretty much it. Like from A to Z, like, you know, um, get pre-approved, speak to an agent after you know how much your budget is, find some properties, whether it's off markets, on markets, um, for sale by owner, um, pre-construction projects, you know, fixer offers, um, and then, you know, make some offers, make an offer, right? If it gets accepted, great. Then the real work begins. Make sure, you know, you fulfill all your legal, um, obligations, whether it's getting pre-approval, like getting your financing in order, right? Uh, making sure you have your deposit ready, um, you know, and, um, it's pretty much it, right? Like that's, that's from the buyer's point of view. Right, given today's markets, um, for sellers, it, it's they have some obligations, but it's not really much <laughs> um, compared to buyers. So, uh, obviously, uh, right now it's more of like I guess a seller's market. There's not a lot of uh, supplies compared to a lot compared to a lot of demands. So there's a lot more people chasing um, to buy a place than actually people selling a place. So, obviously, the typical time or date or number of days that's sitting in the market. 
for the seller is probably not a lot. How long, how, right now, how long does a typical buyer usually needs to go through how many house properties or either a condo unit or a house before they actually land on something that is, well, I guess, up to their standard or up to something that is that, um, pretty happy with. And they, uh, that's will be good for you and for your clients. Okay, so typically, you know, um, the it takes about honestly, it's kind of hard to say, but depending on you know, it's very heavily dependent on the client, right? What their budget is, what's in the market. Because you're right, right now the inventories are very, very low, with uh, very low interest rates, right? So the Bank of Canada, you know, they recently said that they're going to keep the rates the same, but they're going to increase it in March, right? So. Even though when they increase it, it's not going to go a lot. Like what I suspect, it's probably going to go, you know, um, 0.25% um, increase. But uh, yeah, so given the lower low interest rates, low inventory, it causes the prices to go very very high right now, right? Um, markets have gone crazy <laughs> um, in terms of how much they've gone in. Like it's like the growth in outside of Toronto has been a lot higher than in Toronto, um, and so. It takes, it may take a couple of times for buyers to make offers and get accepted, right? Now the thing is, again, it's not about just winning the deal. It's making sure that you can afford the place and that you get lending.、Um, and so you be expected to make a couple offers, right? Don't expect to win the first one. If you do, then you're very, very lucky. I've helped a client where they went with an agent and you know they made an offer, they got rejected, and then they stopped, you know, looking for a home. And then in the end, they signed with me, and I helped them get a place, right, on our first try. And、um, it's it, it's、um, it's it's a really it's a definitely a process for buyers. It can be very grueling, especially if you know you're making five, six, seven different offers, and you're getting rejected again and again and again, right?、Um, and again, it's not necessary about the highest possible price. It has to just ensure that fit a lot fits. The seller's requirements, their timelines, what they want, right? right? So price is definitely up there, right? But also, what else is important to them, right? When do they want to move out, for example, right? That's something that's very important to look at, right?、Um, are they looking to retire? And when are they going to retire? Then, if they're going to retire this date, then maybe you know you can take over the property after you retire. You know what I mean? Like you want to make sure it aligns with their schedule and their timelines and their obligations. Right.、Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. So, just one final part before、uh, for the client、um, listeners who might be potential clients out there.、Uh, is there any sort of any、uh, remaining friendly advice you can give to、um, the potential clients or anyone that's looking to buy a place? So, if you want to buy a property, you gotta ask yourself what kind of Number one, what's your affordability? What can you afford? Number one. Number two, what kind of property are you looking for? Right? Are you looking for a pre-construction project? Are you looking for a fixer-upper? Are you, you know, looking for a home just to,、um, you know, lock and key? You just go in and you know, turnkey, sorry, and you just move in. That's it. Like, you gotta ask yourself that.、Um, now the pre-construction, it's the cost per square foot has been going up than typical homes have been built right now, just because you know. Lumber, the price of lumber has gone up exceptionally, very high. Price of labor, you know, all these factors, a lot, a lot of demand on supply. That's a big factor as well. And so you got to think about what do you want, how much you can afford, and can your agent 
give you that selection, right? Give you the negotiation、um, power that you need, right? So those are things I would highly, highly recommend that they think about, and、um, just make sure you can afford it. Very, very important. Sounds good.、Uh, obviously, you know, being able to afford a place is very important.、Um, uh, but if there's obviously there's a lot of、um, areas that are relatively expensive at the current moment, how do you suggest these、uh, other clients that might not have the highest income、uh, to still be able to find a place, or I guess you could say buy a place for themselves or for, and for their family? Yeah. So what I've been seeing is a lot of families, a lot of first-time homebuyers specifically, they rely on their parents. To help them with the deposit or purchasing the home, right? That's the first thing. That's an option. Second option is I've seen、um, people they work with their they work with their friends to help get a place together. So they get some exposure to the real estate market, right? Some. That's better than nothing.、Um, but if you do that, it can get complicated. So definitely speak to a lawyer about that.、Um, that's pretty much it in terms of affordability, right? So I'll, and also save, <laughs> save as much as you can. Um, you know, it's it's definitely tough right now, even for deposits. But、um, making sure that you do as much as you can in your own power to put you in a better position to purchase, right? So saving money, number one, yes. Number two, see if there's any other financing options.、Um, if family and friends don't work out, you might be able to get、um, a B lender or C lender that can offer you、um, capital, but、uh, at a higher rate. Okay. That's another option as well.、Um, that's pretty much it. And also, too, making sure that you get a property that you know you can afford,、um, whether it's smaller than you really wanted initially,、um, because things have changed drastically. Right, buying home twenty, thirty years ago is a lot different than buying home now. Of course,、um, interest rates back then were very, very high, <laughs> but the, the home prices were a lot less. Of course.、Um, so when I For based on my experience, because I when I bought my house a couple of years ago, so essentially for me,、uh, I went to the bank. I did a pre-approve、uh, for a mortgage certificate, so, so、um, I can. This is the for example, five. I can afford to buy a place that's five hundred and fifty k. But I personally、uh, think it makes more sense to buy a place that's cheaper, so then I can save that money for the cash flow、uh, for each month from my paycheck, so I can use it for to do for other other stuff like maybe. Buy other stuff, invest the money、uh, just for daily、uh, living, emergency funds, whatever it is. I that's what、um, my wife and I decide to do. Would you think that's a good idea given the current market? Because you know there's not a lot of、uh, supplies out there for housing. Or do you think that th- this idea would be kind of hard to implement at the current market though? So really, in terms of what you're doing, I think you're just spot on. Like, it's not cheap to get into real estate. Right, there's ways of you know investing. You want to beat inflation essentially, right? Like inflation is like very very high right now,、um, especially how the interest rates are so low. And so whether you invest money into you know real estates or you know stocks and bonds, you know like you know that's something or cryptocurrency, like you know that at least you get you're not losing money in the long run, run right? Um, you know, if, for example, if you put money in, if you did, if you just put your money in a bank right now, you know, you're getting maybe one percent, maybe two if you're lucky, right? And so, if you put it into stocks, for example, or crypto,、um, and even in, in real estate, right? It's as long as you're making more and you're outpacing inflation, then then you're good. But you gotta also 
consider the risk that you're taking, right? If you buy something like cryptocurrency, the risk is very, very high relative to, you know, um, stocks, bonds, and real estate, right? It can go higher, but you can also <laughs> lose your money. So you have, you got whatever, whatever you invest in, you gotta make sure you're comfortable in losing, you know? Of course. Uh, so let's, that's the most of, obviously most of the topic we talk about are for like primary residents or home buyers that have people for living them, uh, living, in the place that they bought, they bought for themselves. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about for the real estate investors or people who want to be become real estate investors. There's a strategy or there's a book I read. It's called the Blue po- uh, Pockets for Rental Property. And one of the main strategies is called Bar or Burr. So B R R R R. So where you you buy a place, um, you renovate it, and you rent it out, and then you essentially repeat the process again. Given the current expensive uh, Toronto housing market and how obviously the interest rate might increase, do you think it's still a viable strategy or how how should you advise these uh, real estate investors or potential real estate investors? How should they use uh, this strategy now or how they should maybe change it up just so they can make sure they have a positive cash flow or they still have a profit margin in, in, in the end for from their investment? Yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple ways of doing it, right? And I, I agree, like that book, you know, it's tried and true. It's just, it's really tough to get a fixer upper home in Toronto right now. Um, people are, everybody's doing this. And so they're not afraid to, you know, buy a, a rundown property, fix it up and then try to sell it. Right. So for first time investors, number one, you know, you want to go in with not just yourself, but with ideally experienced individuals, experienced real estate investors already. That's the first advice I would give. Um, just so that you know you get exposure, you're learning from somebody that's more experienced and you're reducing your risk. Right? And also, you know, you're gonna learn things that you didn't think that you didn't even know that you needed to know. Right? So that's very important. Getting that experience, leveraging people that you know, people's knowledge. Um, and so fixer uppers, yes, it's definitely possible. Maybe look outside of Toronto, GTA looks outside. Um, you know, also buying you know a pre-construction projects is very um you know it's it's not necessarily good on the cash flow right away but you know depending on whether you're canadian or not you know you can just put 20 percent down in the first year and once it's built then you know then you owe the remaining balance right so for condos specifically they take anywhere from three to five years to build depending on how tall they are so the first year you put 20% down, right? Let's just say the property, uh, the unit is 500,000, right? A condo, 500,000, you put in 100,000 in, right? And then year three, year, year, let's say year four, it's done. So then you owe the remaining 400,000. Now within that time frame, within that four, four years, right? Properties have gone up in price. So even though in a cash flow perspective, right? It's not as you know, favorable compared to, you know, renting it out right away, but you're accruing all this equity over the course of four years, even though you only put in a hundred thousand or 20% down, you know, in year one. So you're not paying any property taxes because you don't own it yet. Right. So, you know, um, you don't have to pay any capital gains yet because you didn't sell it. Right. You're not paying any maintenance fees because it's not built yet. Right. So there's a lot of like, this doesn't another way of getting into real estate, right? So flip it, you can flip it. Yes. Right. You can get in pre-construction. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. And I think that's, you know, there's no one way of specifically doing it. 
but I totally agree. Like your book that you've read, it's pretty、um, some point for sure. Yeah.、Uh, obviously, when I read that book, the the housing price in that in that book is actually really cheap in comparison. So it looks like it's a very easy way to implement the strategy. But it seems like in Toronto it might be harder. We might have to work together with a couple people just to buy the place,、um, renovate it. Rent it out for a couple years, hope,、uh, wait for it to appreciate in、uh, equity or you know in value, and then refinancing. You repeat the process does make a lot more sense.、Uh, it will be harder compared to cheaper real estate areas, but it's I think in the end it's still doable. It just be a bit harder to do in the end.、Um, so overall, Alex, I have only one、uh, I guess one more question to ask you before we、uh, close it up. So for yourself as a realtor, what is the best and the worst part? Of、uh, being a realtor,、um, the best part is you know helping people get a property or sell a property that fits their timelines and fits that fits their requirements, fits, that fits their wants and needs, right? So being able to impact their life like that is very very rewarding for me.、Um, that's the one thing I really like, and being able to interact with the with a variety of backgrounds in Canada. I love it. Like it's a diverse culture, right? In Toronto, Ontario, Markham, you know, it's great. It's it's a, it's great.、Um, what I don't like, I would say that there's a lot of anxiety that you, that you have to deal with as an agent, right? So, you know, let's just say you know deals don't close, and it's something that you couldn't have controlled as an agent, right? You're you're helping the buyer. Or seller do something, but you're you're advising them to do it. You know, you're guiding them through the process. But for whatever reason, something happens, right? Whether it's not necessarily your client, but it could be like a lawyer or you know an appraiser that doesn't go in your favor, right? So that's something that you can't control, and that causes a lot of anxiety, right? right.、Um, and、uh, I feel that you know whenever I want to go on vacation, I tend to get very very busy right before it, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's gonna be a good thing, but also gonna be a bad thing as well. But、uh, yeah, that's why I'd say、um, is probably the、um, thing that I don't look forward to in real estate. That's a very valid point.、Uh, no one really thinks about that. All I think about is the realtor making a lot of money, and、um, at the moment, unfortunately. But、uh, hopefully, through this uh, different podcast, it、uh, will change some people's opinion about just being a well. Uh, dealing with the realtor and being in the real estate in,、uh, industry itself.、Um, so thanks, Alex,、uh, for joining me today、uh, on the Money Talks with Beginners podcast. So if any listeners out there that wants to hear more of or talk to Alex, how should they contact you? Yeah, so they can contact me at、um, alex. fung at daryking. dot com.、Uh, they can give me a call at six four seven nine six eight four one two nine, or they can just hit me up on. You know, Instagram or Facebook at、uh, Remax Alex Fung. That's pretty much it. Sounds great, Alex.、Uh, it was nice talking to you, and、uh, hopefully, we can talk later on. Thanks a lot, Frankie. Appreciate it.、No、talk to you later. Take care. Take care. Recording stopped. Thanks again for listening to Money Talks for Beginners. My name is Frankie Hill. I'm money nerd. Uh, if you are interested、uh, or you want to hear more content about Money Talks for Beginners, please consider joining the Instagram for Money Talks for Beginners. Thank you and have a nice day. Bye.